morning. We thank you for this time that we can gather. We thank you for this place that we can gather. Lord, thank you that we don't have to fear uh, people breaking in and breaking up this service as, uh, as our brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the world have to deal with, Lord, in various countries. We're, we're so blessed uh, to be in this nation. And Lord, we know uh, even though there's great forces and powers at work uh, to bring this nation down, uh, Lord, we know that you are on the throne, that you're in control, and that uh, you have done great things, you are doing great things, you will continue to do great things. And as we sang, Lord, that we, we have 10,000 reasons that we can bless you and thank you and praise you uh, for 10,000 10, years, obviously beyond that. So Lord, we just, I just pray this morning that you would grip each of our hearts. Uh, this is such a busy time of year that we're entering into, and it's easy just to kind of blaze through Thanksgiving and just rush right into Christmas and New Year's and uh and then we're in the doldrums of January, but Lord, I, I pray that we would soak up every minute uh, of these, these special times over this next month, Lord, uh, even today, as we just continue to meditate uh, on the, the rich heritage of Thanksgiving, the beauty of Thanksgiving, the spirit of Thanksgiving, Lord, I pray that we would be a thankful people, mm-hmm. that we would continually, as scripture commands, be giving thanks to you. Uh, in good times and bad times, when things are going well, when things are not going well, there's always something for us to be thankful for, uh, especially our salvation, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for our sins. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here who has not accepted that free gift of salvation, I pray that they would do it today. They would choose to follow you, Jesus. They would make you uh, the Savior of their sins, and they would make you the Lord of their life, the one that you... The one, that, the one that we follow, Lord. You're, you're the one who calls the shots. You're the one sitting in the captain's chair. So, Lord, we follow you. We praise you. We thank you. pray you bless this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So the message today is Thanksgiving proclamation. Thanksgiving proclamation. We're going to get uh, a little bit of a history lesson today. And uh, it's going to be tied in as well with, with scripture and some other uh, hopefully challenging and thought-provoking questions. You know, I, I was talking with, uh, and I can say this because none of the people involved are here. <laughs> I was talking with somebody after church last Sunday, and they shared, hey, did you, did you ever see or, or meet this person that was supposed to come to church? And I said, well, I think I, I, think I saw them, and, but I, I never got a chance to meet this person. And then, and then this person was in contact with another contact of this person and, and uh, trying to say it without giving away too much, but it, it was interesting. This, this new person made a comment, comment to the person who told him about our church who doesn't live here and said, hey, what'd you think about Submerged Church? And, and, uh, and the person said, well, I was, I was uncomfortable the whole time. And uh, it's like, oh, really? So, so then this person called the other guy that I was talking to and said, hey, you know, here, here was the report. Why do you think that? And so the guy I was talking to in person said, like, man, I was thinking about what you said, Paul. And I couldn't think of anything that was off or whatever. But fact of the matter, the conclusion that we came to is that, uh, and at least, and he, this other guy said it, not me. He said, you know what? I, I think maybe you said some things that were kind of convicting. And that makes us a little uncomfortable, doesn't it? When we get convicted. It's like pe- people don't like to hear how we can grow. People don't like to, wait, I'm not perfect already. I have to do something to change and to be better. And, and, and that can be uncomfortable. You know, uh, Pastor John Amanchukwu, uh, who's involved with TPUSA Faith, I, I remember when he spoke at the Pastor Summit, uh, he made a comment like, at any time you leave church, you should feel a little bad. That's good. It's called conviction, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. 
And it's like, and you let that <laughs> And you know, it was kind of along those, but it was, he of course said it much more uh, eloquently than I did, but uh, it, it really caught my attention. It's like, yeah, you should feel a little bit uncomfortable when you leave. Like, all right, I need to make some changes. And, and, that, and that's the attitude that, that I have had in all, all throughout my leadership process of being raised up. Some, some of you guys know it was, it was about an 11 year journey for me to be raised up as a pastor. I didn't just go to seminary for two years or, or four years and get my degree and voila, I'm a pastor. I had to go through a lot of character training. It took a long time. And, uh, and I, I had to take on the attitude of like, okay, I, I'm, I'm never perfect. I've never arrived. Philippians 1.6, that's why I have this ring with all these hammer marks on it. It reminds me uh, that uh, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it unto completion until the day of Christ Jesus. See, there's all these hammer marks on this ring, and it reminds me, like, okay, Paul, God's still, it's a silver ring, by the way, God's still pounding the, these impurities uh, out of you. And, and it's a lifelong process for all of us. So uh, I, I hope none of you think this, but I, I have not arrived. I make mistakes every week. I have to apologize to my kids. I have to apologize to my wife every day, usually. <laughs> and... and but, but that, that's, that's a good place to be, is just realizing, okay, I'm, I'm not perfect. I haven't arrived. I still need, I, I still need Jesus to be working in my life. So, uh, so if you think that you have arrived, um, feel free to exit on into heaven, and the rest of us will allow, allow Jesus to keep re- refining us here. So, all right, so that's, that's my disclaimer. So if you leave today feeling a little uncomfortable, embrace that. Embrace it. You know, that's the Holy Spirit, hopefully. If I did say something that was completely off base and unscriptural, come and talk to me about it, because I, I would, I would want to know that. Anyway, so uh, I already introduced myself. Um, so thanks for coming, everybody. Uh, I hope all of you guys uh, were able to have a meaningful time of, of uh, feasting, family, festivities, and fun this last Thursday on Thanksgiving Day, uh, which is obviously an American holiday tradition now. Anybody still kind of doing the, the turkey wobble from, <laughs> you, you get it all slept off yet. Um, we, we had a great time. It was nice. Do you remember the first famous Thanksgiving? The first famous Thanksgiving. We're going we're gonna to talk about that uh, to introduce our time here. So I've got a photo here. This is the first, the first famous Thanksgiving, and I'll get to that in a minute. So this is from 1621. So uh, with Squanto's help, the pilgrims harvested sufficient food for their upcoming second winter. Uh, they had no surplus, but things definitely looked much better than they had the preceding year where half of the colonists had died. Governor William Bradford therefore appointed a day of thanksgiving, for they had much for which to be grateful. They now had a place where they could freely worship God. They had survived their first year in the wilderness of New England. And with Squanto's help, they had reaped a good harvest. Grateful for these blessings, the pilgrims invited their Wampanoag neighbors to celebrate and give thanks to God with them. So Chief Massasoit and some 90 of his men, men, warriors, came and feasted with the remaining pilgrims. So the pilgrims and their Indian neighbors dined on, I know this is what you guys had too, but they dined on deer, turkey, fish, lobster, eels, vegetables, cornbread, herbs, berries, and pies. Anybody have an eel pie instead of pumpkin pie this last thing? <laughs> num, num. They also engaged in athletic competition, including running, wrestling, and shooting. Chief Massasoit enjoyed himself so much that he and his men stayed for three days. So now, now this is interesting. A common narrative today 
is that Indians hated colonists because of their land-grabbing practices and general racist disdain for natives. However, the first Thanksgiving shows this claim is both illogical and completely unfounded. After all, the 53 remaining pilgrims, listen to this, the 53 remaining pilgrims were comprised of four women, 14 young boys and girls, 13 infants and young children, and only 22 men. On the other hand, the 90 Indians were all warriors. If there had been ill will, the Indians could have eliminated the pilgrims in a matter of minutes. But they did not. They were friends. So the pilgrim story is one of many demonstrating that modern portrayals of the early colonists are often inaccurate. And by the way, this, this was not the first Thanksgiving in America. There had been several others prior to this one, but only as occasions of prayer. So I think this was like the first one with, with a meal where these two groups were eating. But, but there, was, there was other days before that where people proclaimed a day of prayer and Thanksgiving, etc. So this pilgrim event birthed the tradition of Thanksgiving as a time that includes not only prayer, but also feasting and athletic events. Uh, and by the way, that information is taken from uh, a book by... Uh, David Barton and Tim Barton, it's called The American Story. I haven't uh, gotten into reading all of it yet, but I did look up this. Very fascinating. So I uh, would recommend checking that out. So it's called The American Story by Dave Barton and, and Timothy Barton. Um, yeah, and, and that was from chapter six. So today we are going to further discuss and learn how an American holiday, Thanksgiving, was born and solidified, particularly through the Thanksgiving proclamation of our president, our first president, 168 years later after this uh, famous Thanksgiving of the pilgrims and the natives. Uh, so may this be a reminder for us to always be a thankful people. And that's the big idea for today is to give thanks always. So it's, it's easy for us to think like, oh, yep, Thanksgiving is coming up. I need to be more thankful. Like, okay, Thanksgiving's here. Let's be thankful on Thanksgiving. And then, okay, Black Friday, let's get ready for Christmas. And then we, you know, and then we kind of move on from that spirit of Thanksgiving. It's easy to do that uh, for me as well. So this is just an encouragement for each of us. Once again, the big idea today is give thanks always. Give thanks always. Of course, that's from 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Okay, um, why should we be thankful? Why should we be thankful? Um, and and I, I, left, I left the notes open on your bulletin today so you could just kind of write down what you thought was important. But I, I've got two reasons today why we should be thankful. So number one, it's encouraged, demonstrated, and commanded throughout Scripture. It's encouraged, demonstrated, and commanded throughout Scripture. So that, that's why we should be thankful. If you want to follow along, uh, Psalm 95 verse 2. And, and there, are, there are so many examples. I, I just pulled uh, a couple just little excerpts of, of what I'm talking about. But Psalm 95, verse 2, let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. This is something that I remind myself of when I, when I start a prayer time. Uh, Psalm 100, verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. So when we're uh, when we're going into our prayer closets or going on a prayer walk or however you pray, you know, doing a time of silence, uh, whatever, I, I like to start that time with being thankful because it's easy to think like, okay, I've got all this stuff on my mind. I'm angry about this situation or why is this happening? And, oh, I need to pray for this person. This per it, it's, it's easy to have this big list of things and then we forget to just stop and be like, wow, thank you, God. Uh, I, I had a moment 
uh, over Thanksgiving where uh, one of my sons forgot the water bottle in the van and of course you can't, can't fall asleep without your water bottle. So I had to go out and get it. It's a nice evening. Night was that, was it, was it Friday? I think it was fri Friday night, yeah. Yep, so I, I went out to the van and, and I stepped outside, you know, and we're, we're, we're out in the, the deep woods of Minnesota, you know, way far away from the city. And I stepped out and I was like, <gasps> like, I, I think I literally gasped. Uh, I mean, the, the, the stars were so, so incredible. And of course, the nerd I am, I went and got my iPad that's got this, this Sky Guide app on it. I'm like, okay, oh yeah, that's Mars. And like, oh, there's Saturn. And, you know, and then some of the constellations I already knew, but uh, it, it, was, it was absolutely phenomenal. Actually, I went in and I said, you guys, the stars are so beautiful. And like, oh, let's go to so my mother-in-law. Uh, aunt-in-law and wife and some other people came out and it was just a special moment but it was just a, a time like wow thank you God for your your majesty your power your beauty you know and uh and just think about that how you know anytime my kids you know they draw a picture or something they're like hey dad come and look at this you know and they're so proud of their work I mean th think about when we stop <laughs> and admire God's handiwork it's like, hey, look at this. Look what I did for you. You know, so uh, that was just a cool time uh, for me just to give, to enter his courts with Thanksgiving. Uh, Colossians, and uh, th this, this, this is packed with Thanksgiving all, all throughout the book of Colossians. So here's, I think this is every verse that has the word thanks or Thanksgiving in it. So Colossians 1 verse 3, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Thank Verse 12, giving thanks to the Father. Uh, Colossians 2, verse 6. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. I err on the side of abounding and complaining. I'll be honest. I, I, and I, and I, I need to be more thankful. I mean, there's, there should be more thanksgiving coming out of my mouth than complaining. In fact, the Bible says, do everything without complaining or arguing, Philippians 2, 14. Uh, Col Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, and be thankful, verse 16, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Verse 17, next slide, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Uh, Colossians 4, 2, continually, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So once again, number one, why be thankful? It's encouraged, demonstrated, and commanded throughout scripture. Uh, number two, it's God's will. It's God's will for us to be thankful. First uh, Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's God's will that we be thankful. Do you know what happened to the Israelites when they murmured and grumbled? Bad things like the ground opened up and swallowed some of them because they were complaining about, why does Moses get to lead? And yep, God's like, well, that was a mistake. And God, God hates it. He, he hates murmuring. He hates complaining. It's his will for us to be thankful. Although Psalm 142 verse 2 says, you know, pour, pour out your hearts to him. You know, pour, pour out your complaint before the Lord. So that, you know, so it's, it's good for us to express what's going on. But if we're always just complaining to ourselves about things, oh man, not fun to be around. Like, like me when I'm complaining. My wife has to remind me, Paul, stop complaining. Like, yep, you're right. I need to stop complaining. Look at her smiling back there. He's like, wow. He's, he's preaching against himself today. Now I don't have to do it. <laughs> uh, be my, now I'll go home today. And it's like, Paul, that was the best message you've given all year. Our forefathers set a great example for us. Of being filled with thanksgiving, proclaiming that all uh, proclaiming that we should follow suit. So I'm going to read just a, a little story now about George Washington. 
and how, how uh, this uh, American holiday was born. So this is from uh, 100 Bible verses that made America. Here we go. So after the Constitution, so this is, this is November 26, 1789, uh, what it's leading up to. After the Constitution was adopted, the first Congress searched for a way for Americans to express gratitude to God. Special days of Thanksgiving had been part of American history since Pilgrim times. We, we just talked about one of those, 1621. Governor William Bradford declared a day of Thanksgiving. And they celebrated with the, with the Native Americans. So uh, before and during the Revolutionary War, frequent days of fasting, prayer, and Thanksgiving were appointed. But now, against all odds, America was a new nation with a new constitution, a new president, and a new Congress. Should there not be a special day for praise and thanksgiving to God? So here we go. This, this, is, where, this is where the United States of America really became solidified. And that, that was a lot of work, as many of you know, for them to put the constitution together. I mean, many great minds thinking and arguing and for, for, for days and weeks and months uh, to, to put everything together. I mean, there was even one point where Benjamin Franklin had to stop everybody and say, hey, we need, to, we need to stop and pray and seek out the Father of Lights. You know, James 1.17, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of Lights of heaven. Um, so it was quite, quite a feat. So on September 25th, 1789, Congress finished work on 12 proposed amendments to the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and prepared to take a break. Before the season adjourned, Elias uh, Boudinois rose to introduce a resolution calling on the president to issue a pub, uh, Proclamation of Public Prayer and Thanksgiving. Uh, Boudinois' motion was hotly debated. Some congressmen felt the custom was too European. Others believed the federal government had no authority to issue national proclamations. I better not say anything. Okay. That, that, that was the prerogative of the states. And those who still harbored unhappiness with the Constitution had no reason to thank God for it. Roger Sherman of Connecticut, the only person to have signed all four of the great founding documents of the United States, so the Continental Association, the Declaration of Independence, Articles of Confederation, and the Constitution. So Robert Sherman's the only person that signed all four of those. He argued in favor of the resolution saying the act of national thanksgiving is, quote, warranted by a number of precedents in the Bible, such as the solemn thanksgiving and rejoicing which took place in the time of Solomon after the building of the temple. So the motion passed, and on October 3rd, 1789, uh, George Washington set aside November 26th as a national day of prayer and thanksgiving. So obviously that was just, that was just yesterday. So and we've got a, if you want to read along with me there, <laughs> I know the, type, the type's really small, but uh, so here, here it is in his original handwriting. Um, and, then, and then there it is printed out. But um, I, I thought it was actually applicable just to read this. It's, it's not very long, so I'll just read it. So, uh, so this, is, this is what he said in the Thanksgiving Proclamation of 1789. By the President of the United States of America, a proclamation, whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits. Remember, our forefathers were just a bunch of deists who didn't think God's involved. In that's, that's a joke. That, that, that's, the, that's the narrative that's trying to be pushed today, that all oh, the forefathers, they were just a bunch of deists, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, I don't think so. If you, if you look at the documents, it's evident that they had, a, had an active relationship with God. 
<clears throat> to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and humbly to implore his protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress have by their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. Now, therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th day of November next to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, or that will be, that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection of the people of this country previous to their becoming a nation, for the signal and manifold mercies and the favorable interpositions of his providence, which we experienced in the course and conclusion of the late war, for the great degree of tranquility, union, and plenty, which we have since enjoyed for the peaceable and rational manner, in which we have been enabled to establish constitutions of government for our safety and happiness, and particularly the national one now lately instituted for the civil and religious liberty with which we are blessed and the means we have of acquiring and diffusing useful knowledge and in general for all the great and various favors which he hath been pleased to confer upon us. And also that we may then unite in most humbly offering our prayers and supplications to the great Lord and ruler of nations and beseech him to pardon our national and other transgressions to enable us, whether in public or private stations, to perform our several and relative duties properly and punctually, to render our national government a blessing to all the people by constantly being a government of wise, just, and constitutional laws, discreetly and faithfully executed and obeyed, to protect and guide all sovereigns and nations, especially such as we have shown kindness unto us, and to bless them with good government, peace, and concord, to promote the knowledge and practice of true religion and virtue and the increase of science among them and us, and generally to grant unto all mankind such a degree of temporal prosperity as he alone knows to be best. Given under my hand at the city of New York the third day of October in the year of our Lord, 1789, George Washington. Does anybody remember studying or hearing about that in your high school history class? I sure don't. I was never told anything about this. Why? It gives glory to God. It, it, it shows that everything that we have is because of God's hand working in this nation. And when we take God out of this nation, our constitutional representative republic does not work. It doesn't work. We have to have people who can govern themselves, who, who fear God. So just astounding. Now here's, here's, here's the, the good part. So, so on November 26th, President Washington attended services at St. Paul's Chapel in New York City. I've actually been there and saw, saw the bench where George Washington prayed at. It's just, just phenomenal. It's, it's still there. It survived the, the whole Twin Tower stuff that happened. And Anyway, uh, so St. Paul's Chapel in New York City and donated beer and food to the imprisoned debtors of the city. In his diary, he wrote, November 26, being the day appointed for a Thanksgiving, I went to St. Paul's Chapel though it was most inclement and stormy, but few people at church. Other churches, however, saw greater success. Newspapers carried the proclamation, and churches conducted special worship services on that day. Thanksgiving Day was, quote, widely celebrated throughout the nation. Or, yeah, throughout the nation. 
So at First Presbyterian Church in Freehold, New Jersey, Reverend John Woodhull, who had been a Revolutionary War chaplain, preached, quote, a sermon for the day of public thanksgiving appointed by the president on account of the establishment of the new constitution and see. His text was Psalm 97, verse 1, which we, we talked about earlier, but we'll have it up again. Yep, Psalm 97, verse 1. The Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice. So Psalm 97 is among the great psalms of praise that focus on the glory of the enthroned God who reigns forever. According to verse 2, clouds and darkness surround him, and righteousness is the foundation of his throne. Verse 4 says vividly, his lightnings light up the world. Verse 6 says, the heavens declare his righteousness. Like that moment I stepped out and saw the stars, I was like, wow, God is so good. He's righteous. He's just. He's put everything in motion. Did, did you know, and I'm, I'm still thinking about this, but if any of you have seen that Star of Bethlehem documentary, did you know that because of Kepler's uh, calculations, the, 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 whole, the whole solar system is, is like, it's, it's like a it's clockwork. It's like clockwork. So, so with these computer programs, you can, you can go back to any year you want, any place in the world you want, and you can see exactly what the constellations would have looked like, where this planet would have been, because everything is like a ticking clock. And we're supposed to believe that that came out of chaos by accident and chance? I don't think so. You know, God, God's glory in the heavens are, are just uh, amazing. Anyway, uh, verse 12, as we see up here, it, it, it admonishes, admonishes us to rejoice in him and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. So during his sermon, Woodhall said, with respect to us in these United States, wise observers with grateful admiration noticed a kind and powerful hand of providence conducting us from the feeble state of infancy and dependence through darkness, through dangers, and through a long and bloody contest to our present state of greatness and glory. Once again, giving God all the glory for everything they'd been through. In following years, other presidents offered similar resolutions, but not until 1863 did Thanksgiving Day become an annual federal holiday established by President Abraham Lincoln during the dark days of the Civil War. Isn't that astounding? So, so, so out, out of darkness, imagine the Civil War. <laughs> Awful. You know, Americans fighting Americans. And out of that, Abraham Lincoln's like, you know what? We need to have a day of Thanksgiving. And, and, that's, and that's when it was made a federal holiday, the, the last Thursday of every, of every uh, November. There was actually 10 presidents that gave uh, Thanksgiving declarations. James Madison was one in 1815 at the, at the end of the War of 1812, and he referenced James 117. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt did, uh, Grover, I think F FDR, um, and, and even President Trump, uh, I think was the 10th one that, that in, in 2017 that, that declared an official day of, of Thanksgiving. Um, anyway, so there's been 10 throughout history that have, that have done that. Okay, so that, that's your history lesson. Now we're going to wrap up with uh, a lesson from the lepers. So let's pull up Luke 17, 11 through 19. Uh, I read it once already. Um, so just for the sake of time, um, I'm just going to make some highlights here. So, uh, so three, three things that I noticed about this passage. So um, ten were healed of leprosy, and how many came back? O only one. Only one. Okay. And the one that came back was the Samaritan, a, f a foreigner, which is also notable. I'm going to talk about that. Only one, the foreigner, came back to thank Jesus. So what can we learn from this story of the lepers? Well, number one, uh, 
the lepers called for help. Well, I, I, these are more so observations, I guess. Uh, the, less, the lepers called for help. They received what they asked for and went on with life. They called for help. They received what they asked for and they went on with life. Um, as it says, you know, as, as they were cleansed um, at, at the end of verse 14 there, as they were cleansed. So how often... Here's where we might get a little uncomfortable. So sorry if anyone leaves church and they're uncomfortable. (laughs) How often do we ask or even beg God for something only to move on with our lives thankless after we get it? I can think of some things, man, that I I prayed for, for for years. And then I know I didn't spend as much time thanking God for that answer as, as I could have or should have. Well, here's the, can can you ever thank God enough? I I don't think we can. Philippians 4, 6. Philippians 4, 6 says, with with thanksgiving, let your requests be be made known to God. So we need to constantly have that spirit of thanksgiving, even as we're asking God to do things and requesting things, beseeching him. Uh, Yes, it's good and right for us to ask God to do things, to pray for people, to, uh, et cetera, but then to do it with that heart of thanksgiving and not, not just, and, and not just move on when God answers those prayers. Uh, Second observation from this passage. Jesus noticed. Jesus noticed the nine who weren't thankful. Um, We go to the, yeah, there we go. Yep. So he he noticed the nine who weren't thankful. Listen to Jesus' words. We're we're not 10 cleansed. Where are the nine? Jesus notices our thanklessness. Do you ever feel like the Lord isn't giving you what you want when you ask him? Try thanking him for what you do have first. It might just help. It might just help. Thank, thank Jesus for what you do have first. And then uh, third observation. The foreigner, the Samaritan, was the thankful one. The foreigner was the thankful one. Here, Jesus says uh, in verse 18, was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? It's sometimes to be, it, it's sometimes easiest to be the least thankful toward those with whom we are the most familiar, isn't it? It's sometimes easiest for us to be the least thankful with, toward those with whom we are the most familiar, our spouse, Children, parents, roommates. Do you regularly thank those who are close to you for serving you? Making meals, doing the laundry, washing the dishes, watching the kids, filling the car with fuel, fixing that next broken thing around the house, uh, paying the bills, doing that special favor for you, whatever that might be. Uh, Let's especially not let our familiarity with God, which is hopefully growing daily, allow our thanksgiving toward him to diminish. As we get familiar with God, and some, some of us here I know have been walking with the Lord for many years, for decades, and you've got very close relationships with God, which is wonderful. Let's not let that familiarity with him diminish our thankfulness. Psalm 107 uh, is related to that story of the 10 lepers. So there's four different groups in Psalm 107 and, and each of them cry out to the Lord for help. And then the Lord delivers them each time. And each time there is a thanksgiving proclamation 
for them to thank the Lord for what he has done. So I encourage you, if you have some time this afternoon or you haven't read your Bible yet today, read Psalm 107. Uh, four different groups, but as you can see there, it's the exact same thing. So verse 6, 13, 19, and 28 all say the same thing for each of those four groups, which is, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. Like some of them were wandering in the desert. Some of them were off to the ships, you know, off to the sea of ships. Some of them were prisoners. You know, it, it's pretty fascinating. Uh, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. And then verses 8, 15, 21, and 31 all say the same thing. A Thanksgiving proclamation. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast, lo- his steadfast love. And that's chesed, the, the Hebrew word chesed, which means long-lasting long covenantal love. Like even when, we're, even when we're turning away from God, he's still chasing after us. But let, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Lastly, we're going to wrap up with this. Anybody getting hungry here? Let's go. Torture. What can happen when we don't give thanks? What can happen when we don't give thanks? Everyone's like, man, I better make sure I thank God for this food that's coming up. <laughs> well, here's what can happen when we, don't, when we don't give thanks. Look at Romans 1, 21 through 22. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. Oof. Then what happened? But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. When one doesn't honor God with thanks, it can lead to ineffective, useless thinking, a dark heart, and the deceptive belief that one is wise when one is really a fool. Sound like anybody you know? Any politicians, others? Yeah. It, it's, it's true, isn't it? It's true. It, that, this is, Christians, this is what we're seeing happen right before our very eyes. This is what our culture, they're, they're removing God out of this nation. If there's no God, oh, everything happened by accident and chance, so I don't have to thank anybody for anything, that I've got breath in my lungs when I wake up, that I could take a hot shower, that I had food on my plate. I don't have to thank anybody for that. Well, then you become a fuel, a fool. Your heart becomes dark, and you, and you resort to futile thinking. This is a dangerous and destructive place to be. And unfortunately, it's the reality of many Americans uh, living in this country today. So perhaps our forefathers knew what they were talking about when they said, hey, we need to proclaim a day of prayer and thanksgiving. And a lot of times these days, it wasn't just thanksgiving. It was a day of like prayer, fasting, repentance, and, and thanksgiving. So let us be like the great multitude in Revelation 7:12, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Uh, and there, of course, depending on your eschatology, there's different interpretations of what that great multitude is. Uh, you know, it says these are the ones who came out of the, the tribulation. So I don't know if that's going to be like all of God's church or just the people that came out, but chances are we in this room are going to be part of that great multitude. You know, um, uh, and we're going to be praising God together and, and giving him Wisdom, thanksgiving, all, all of these things. So let's, let's, let's be like the great multitude. Uh, I'm going to pray and we'll close. We'll close with one song. Father, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you, Lord, for your many blessings that you've bestowed upon each of us individually, as well as this nation as a whole, Lord. You've done so much for us that we don't deserve. And Lord, I, I am amazed at the great sins that this country is guilty of and how you have still 
uh, allowed us to prosper. And Lord, we know we're in uh, very interesting times that are changing very quickly. I think we've got uh, some big storms coming our way. Uh, and Lord, I, I believe that you are turning people's hearts back to you. So Lord, I, I, I'm, Lord, I remember last year sitting at the Thanksgiving table and looking around and thinking to myself, man, it might not always be like this. We might not have food on the table next Thanksgiving. And then here, here we had this last Thanksgiving, and I think everybody here had, had plenty of food. Uh, you, you've been so good to us, Lord, way, way beyond, way beyond what we deserve. So, Lord, I pray that we'd be a thankful people. Lord, I pray you change, change my heart. I complain so easily. Help me to be more thankful, to count my blessings every day. Lord, every day that we wake up, we've got breath in our lungs. We've got a, a bed that we slept in. The electricity's working. The Wi-Fi's working. Maybe that's not such a good thing if the Wi-Fi's working. Uh, uh, we, we, we have cars that run. Uh, Lord, Lord, you're so good to us. Th those, those are good days, Lord. Help us to remember to thank you and praise you and bless you, that we would be a thankful people, a people of prayer a people who search after you, a people that don't take our relationship with you for granted. Lord, help us to get in a better habit uh, today, Lord, of, of thanking our spouse. Uh, maybe it's something they just do all the time. They don't expect to be thanked for it, but help, help us to think, what, what can I thank my spouse for today? What can I thank my kids for, my, my parents, uh, my roommate, whoever it is, Lord? Help us to be a thankful people. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen.